and welcome to Wyverns and Weirders Fathomless. I'm your Dungeon Master Darby, and joining me as always are Eddie, playing Tibble, Mitch, playing Nerith, Joe, playing Alton, Jake, playing the Fishman, and Laura, playing Rue and Janice. Let's jump into it. So, where we last left off after the return of Captain Tibble Clover to the Polaris, it was decided that Neris would remain as a sort of interim captain. Neris and Janice spoke about accountability, and Neris and Kara made amends, at least tentatively. Finally, the heads of the Hydra approved for the Polaris to head out on their next mission to investigate reports of folks going missing in the Iskath Isle. The moment we left on was the ship leaving the harbour of Ankather off to the Iska. So when you return to the ship, there's this fair bit of noise. But I suppose once you kind of get up the little ramp, your gaze might sleep across the deck, which is like mostly neat and quite quiet. Beyond like a mop and a bucket and like a few discarded bottles almost. There's no crew to be spotted beyond perhaps Rue in the distance watching the shore or something like that. But look up, or super up in Tibble's case, and much of the deck crew specifically are perched in most of the rigging. They seem to have stopped for a significant break and also seem to be mostly drinking, and specifically the noise has been laughing and carousing and even singing. In fact, Janice appears to have been cheerfully leading some kind of very hearty, loud shanty. Janice ends off a note and then he jumps down directly in front of you and almost immediately straightens up. The uh, alcohol stores are open source for a reason. You are entitled to the good stuff. Captain, you wound me. These were all bought by me. Plus, I wasn't here for Narrowboy's birthday, so we need to have a good celebration. Ah, is that the occasion, is it? The big giant folk just looks very emotional. <laughs> the happiest of birthdays for a second time, my large friend. Thank you, Captain. <laughs> it is um good to see them smiling again. Of course, that is what is the most important after all. Bit of levity. Well, Captain, Quartermaster. And then he just turns and with like a very easy display of immense strength pulls himself up the rigging to go and converse with Florit. Captain, why are we down plates? Well, there was an incident when the Sin Seekers boarded where some of them fell out a window. I don't want to interrupt you, Captain, but I'm going to interrupt you. You can lie to the Hydra. I just want to know where our plates are going. And I did not witness this firsthand, so you just have to take it as the word of a friend of a friend that there may haps have been someone on board who delights in a delicious snack of plates. I was not there. However, my wife heard it from a crew member who witnessed the whole thing. And I thought, something to take off your plate, if you'll excuse the pun. But that is my job as quartermaster. I manage all the payments. All the money that the heads of the Hydra give us, I throw it back at them. That's my job. We don't get things for free here. I've worked as a captain for too long. 
I no longer understand the meaning of money properly. This needs to be rectified. That is why I am here as quartermaster, Captain. As you're talking on the deck, you hear the distant sound of a gunshot followed by the shattering that sounds distinctly <laughs> like a plate and then people cheering. Go easy on them, lad. Darius disappears in this. <laughs> Alton was probably kind of like pissed at the celebrations, like, oh, that's so fucking noisy. And then it was like, oh, all right, I'll get into this, whatever. All right, let's go target practice, Fishman. What do you think? Let's see how your skills have improved. <laughs> do you not think that this is a little out in the open but then you throw the plate and he's like alright and then yeah he'll try and take a shot that is a dirty 10 okay uh, so the plate just goes flying and just like hey either way it met the same end good job indeed <laughs> and then he'll hand the gun over and quickly yeet a plate that yes. is a 16 on a roll. Well, I got a 19 on the dice, so that's a 29 to hit. Oh. Effortless. Absolutely effortless. Yeah. So once you look away, you'll just see Fishman with his jaw dropped. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, plants are pretty good for this. I used to just practice with pieces of trash and shit. What is the secret? Uh, I mean, you gotta, like take like the wind into account and like the angle of it and like where it's going to end up with like the trajectory and stuff i thought this would all translate from an arrow but i guess arrow flight is vastly different to bullet flight as he'll throw another plate trying to catch alton off guard so neris appears at the helm because he feels this is the best way to get a view and he's watched that conversation happen and he sees this third plate being thrown. Can Neris do that spell that he's been practicing? Uh, my spellcasting attack is a, a dirty 20. So the bullet is slowed, not as immediately as you would like, but quickly enough that it stops pursuing the plate and plummets down into the water, dropping like a tiny little pebble and just bloop. The, the, the fuck? Oh, shit. Because if it's at the helm, mm. he absolutely would have noticed that Naren is there. So Neris looks out over the water, catches sight of the plate as it just spirals. Oh, hey Neris, are you uh, doing some target practice too? I prefer not to use ship supplies as target practice. If you need additional targets... Please submit a request to the quartermaster, and we will get targets for you. I am, as quartermaster, keeping track of all the supplies. I would hate to see another one go missing. Yeah, alright, I'll go back to shooting trash then, I guess. I understand, and we will respect your wishes, Neris. However, please do be informed that there are others aboard this vessel, one in particular. He does enjoy a good snack, one of which is miscellaneous items aboard this vessel. I have already been informed of that. Fishman will, like, quickly, like, look around at everyone on deck, looking at facial expressions, trying to gauge who the, who the rat is. Well, then I guess the problem is solved. Yeah, We yeah, will I request guess. targets. Excellent. Well, carry on the festivities, and Neris will disappear into mist again, and go on out in his quarters. So, what are folks doing on the journey? 
at least as we're pulling out of port. Neris is doing very much what he has seen all the captains that he's had in his past do, which is captain a ship. So he's going to be making sure that everyone is in their right place, everyone is up to and managing the task that they've been assigned to, and will be more visible on deck than I think he's ever been as they're pulling out of port. Speaking of visible, there is that flurry of action as the ship pulls out. There is that once again familiar sound. Janice has obviously gotten back some kind of whistle, perhaps even been presented by one by the rest of the deck crew as he's sort of been making amends and re-strengthening ties. And there's this huge flurry of action as he strides out on the deck below and starts barking commands to the majority of the deck crew specifically. But there's a lot of this immediate flurry of movement and sound and noise and like those little sharp whistles to indicate across the expanse of the deck what specifically the returning bosun and master at arms needs done to get this ship moving out. Fishman? His role is simple. He's up in the crow's nest. He knows the direction we're going. He's coordinated that with Neris and Tipple. He'll just be keeping an eye out. We've had a lot of surprises recently, Mm -hmm. so he'll definitely be um, vigilant. Alton? He'd be by Tipple's side, keeping an eye on him, maybe just talking through what Alton is going to be expected to be doing for his new role in this new mission. And Tipple? I think Kara is there as well. They have made their way onto the deck. And he is speaking with Alton, but he just, I guess, is wanting to be present for the ship leaving. And Alton, if you had asked him why he wanted to be out there, he would have told you that leaving for a new adventure, it's always been my favourite part. Of course, Captain. Fresh air will always do you good. I do like the uh, spray in the sea on me fur. Can I get three people to volunteer to roll me D20s, please, to see what the weather's like, okay? Fishman, give give us our temperature for the day. It's a 10? 10. So that is normal for the season. So around around about a 24. Who wants to roll our wind? I rolled a 16. So there's a light breeze. One more D20. I got a 19. A 19. So... The wind is light, but there is torrential rain and storm clouds uh, and the occasional thunder crack in the distance. In this case, Alton is holding an umbrella over himself and Tibble. As the storm goes on, Neris, you have connection to time and fate and divination. Let's have you roll for potential random encounters. Oh, man. I want to apologize over, in over advance. The, uh, That's a natural 20. A natural 20. Oh boy. It's a dragon. It's two dragons. No. It's hard for most of you to pick stuff up with the storming overhead and all the thunder cracks. But Fishman and Alton, you would notice a a shadowy presence in the water. Size? Large. Very, very large. Yeah, right. Ring-a-ding. Ring-a-ding that bell. Is it long? Yes, there seems to be a strange length to it. Does, would Fishman know anything about giant squid? <laughs> Roll me a... I'll let you choose between arcana, nature, and... I guess because of your connection to the planes, I'll allow religion as well. Yeah, well, no, there's a clear winner there, so that's a 17. You have heard legends of a monstrous sea creature that has dominion over the oceans in both 
the material plane and the plane of water. Does it known... start with a K and end with an Akin? <laughs> yes. A creature known as the Kraken. And we're going to take a quick pause while we all roll initiative. At the top of the initiative order is the Fishman. Fishman would have finished ringing the bell by now. That would have gone on for a little while. And now that he knows what this is, he's not going to fuck around. He knows that this is this is big. So he's going to yell out to Neris as he comes down the ladder. Neris, we should not fight this. We should flee. And then once he lands on the ground, he will do what he did during the Dragon Turtle fight. And he will use a spell, I believe it's Gust of Wind, up against the sails, making sure that he has a powerful stance. Because okay. if we can get away before this thing even has a chance to latch onto something with, I don't know, how many tentacles <laughs> does the uh, Kraken have? For your, for your check, you don't know. You there? That seems like a fair approximation. Okay. So, a strong line of wind 60 feet long and 10 feet wide blasts from you in any direction. It essentially, if someone fails a strength save, it pushes them 15 feet away. I think roll me an arcana check, just quickly for that. That is a 12. Yeah, so you're going to get some sort of advantage from that. Um, and then, if you can, can you tell Nizen to yell down at people, essentially? Tell them to fasten themselves or get the weapons, the armaments ready, okay. if they weren't already doing that due to the bell. Yeah. Next is Alton. Big fucker. All right. Um, Captain, orders? Do I shoot the thing? Or, um, oh, uh, I can fasten you down too. Uh, I don't think shooting it would be wise at this stage. Fair enough. And I'll uh, see if I can do a check just to, like, fasten Tibble. Uh, yeah, let's call that a dexterity check. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. That was a nat one, so that's a five. You're in safe hands, Captain. (laughs) It's quick, but you think this knot will do the trick? Awesome, done, all right. And then, end of his turn, he's already done a lot of talking, but um, I'll just call it to Neris and be like, Neris orders, shooting or fleeing? And appropriately, it is Neris' turn next. Well... Neris will on seeing this creature it's still underneath the water isn't it? Yeah. So seeing the shadow and hearing the call from Fishman, Neris will look up there's that momentary flash of fear in his eyes before he almost steals himself and he will respond to Fishman just with a nod look down at the rest of the crew and will say all of you Steal yourselves. This is not a foe we can fight. We flee. We live to sail another day. And we'll put a hand on Tim's shoulders. Just give it a little bit of a squeeze. Do what you do best. And we'll order him to sail as he's never sailed before. Uh, if I may, boss, uh, this isn't what I usually do. <laughs> and they steer the boat anyway. <laughs> then it is the Kraken's go. And with a massive wave of water splashing up onto the deck of the ship. You see this immense, gargantuan weird creature loom over the side of the Polaris. Over the opposite side of the ship, three tentacles. Two on the opposite side, one on this side, is going to make three tentacle attacks. So, the first one against Nizen. That is a 32 total. 
So Nizen takes eight points of bludgeoning damage and is grappled. And the next one is going to go for Tibble. As this tentacle swings down, Neris is going to yell out, Captain, get out of here! And hoping that that momentary turn or movement from Tibble is enough for that tentacle to miss. And that's a three to hit. Okay, Tibble, what is your AC? Tibble's AC is 16. I'm scared that you asked that. <laughs> so even with only a three, that's still a 20 to hit. <laughs> oh, you're going to take 18 points of bludgeoning damage and you are grappled. And then the final attack is going to be on Neris. Can we a, just say it hits? Uh, it's a 29. So yeah, 22 points of bludgeoning damage and you are grappled. Rue, you hear all this hubbub going on from below deck. Yeah, so Rue is downstairs in their cabin, unfortunately, in some form of quiet stasis, lights dimmed, while Ham frets restlessly, bored, hungry, and in a flash, as people begin to call, as footsteps thunder ahead, clear and heavy amidst the rain, the light blazes behind the thick glass of his mask, a sharp flash of red fading to a brilliant white. And they rise to stand as best they can in a ship that is lower than they are tall, casting their gaze outside the porthole. The I wet slap of like an enormous yeah. tentacle as it grasps someone and through stares for but a moment. It appears we are under attack from the deep. My, my, how exciting. Ham, we should go upstairs and defend. And then Ruth turns around, pushes open the door and just begins to vault up at this unnerving speed. Climbing the stairs to the upper levels with surprising long-limbed ease. Rue's cabin is the bottom level of the ship, unfortunately, so I'll be using my movement to get up to the top of the ship. I would say if you dashed, you would be able to get Ah, to the deck. That's my my full action, yes. So Rue suddenly sees all of this chaos aboard the ship, people shouting and yelling, and three of the crew members currently being wound up by some horrible creature from below the deep. This is certainly not good. And as a bonus action, Rue's eyes are going to flash red, and this magic is going to channel spiritual weapon near... We'll say the tentacle it's currently got Tibble. Rue's spiritual weapon is manifest into like a... Rue has one of these hanging off their apron. It's a bone saw. And it's like bright, shining white energy, but with a red hue that almost seems like their eyes are kind of casting that onto this spiritual projection. And this big bone saw is going to try and give the tentacle a big old whack. We'll see if it hits. Okay, (laughs) I'll take a picture of that as a natural 20. That will certainly hit. So it's 1d8 plus 1. That's 6 damage on top of 9 points of damage, I believe is how okay, so 20s work. Yeah. Uh, now here's the question. You're a paladin. Do you want to do the thing that paladins oh, are yeah. really good at? <laughs> so we've got 15 from the base damage plus however much smite. So second level. Yeah, All let's right. do that. So that'll be 3d8. I'll mark that off. Let's go. So 3d8 is already 24. Plus uh, 14 extra points as well. As this energy pulses, and you see those red pinpricks of Rue's eyes through the heavy rain. And then it almost seems like that energy just seems to just shunt through this bone saw, which goes to hatch into this tentacle to try and sever the tentacle from the point where it's holding Tibble over the ship. This energy just explodes out from it. I just remembered this is your spiritual weapon and not your actual weapon, but I think... I think, even though it's not rules as written, I think one rule of call and two 
Because of the nature of Rue, I think I'm going to allow this. Okay. Especially because Rue's signature weapon is their arm blade. Yeah. But that's, I think, about 53 points of damage in the one attack. Um, I love paladins. <laughs> yeah. Which, at the end of your turn, is going to get the Kraken's attention. And it's going to use a legendary action. So another tentacle bursts out of the water and goes to attack you. That is a 27. So you take... 20 points of bludgeoning damage and are restrained. I just can't go, oh, whoops. <laughs> Next is... Uh, Ham! You have... <laughs> so Ham is going to barrel up. So he'll probably be able to get up. Actually, he might be able to actually get it and still have an action. He'll just, like, snap at any tentacle that's close enough to him. Well, um... that'd be the one that's around... Oh, Rue, yeah. Around Rue. <laughs> that'd be a 16 to hit. 16 will miss, unfortunately. <laughs> I love your hand noises. <laughs> and we're still with you, Laura, as it is Janice's go. So, um, at this same point in time, after an almost missful moment where his expression was momentarily completely blank for but a second, Janice has assisted the call to action as the ship swarms to the attention of Fishman's call. His eyes flashing, again almost missable, as he notices Alton asking Tibble first for orders, then Tenerys as he barks out command as directed. And Janice seems almost to puff himself up with a crackling wild energy. And then as the sudden, like, the waves start to break and shapes start to move, he turns around, again, shining almost brightly with this otherworldly energy that he always carries with him as a plain touch CL. And he calls out, Crew, comrades, we gather. The Polaris is under attack. You heard the captain. We flee. But we must also fight. We are the Polaris. We are to protect her. But then his eyes start flashing as he turns to see the long, winding tentacles flailing across the ship. And as thunder begins to peal through the noise of battle as bonus action, he rages. Even as his comrades are grappled by these tentacles, he turns momentarily his hands to the sky and calls out, Oh, glorious Shognesh, light of the heavens and the deep, hear my prayer. Grant us a briny sign so we may send this creature to your eternal slumber. And then as he claps his hands together and pulls back the glaive that he always has mounted to his back, he is going to say something in this deep guttural language that no one on the ship can understand. And that's the command for the Wave Rider Glaive. It has its one per day thing. So when I speak the command word, it can hurl out a bolt of lightning. So into one of the tentacles, I guess. Unfortunately, it is immune to lightning damage. That's all right. That's... Oh, immune. Okay. Immune. Cool. Well, <laughs> Janice, seeing the lightning peel off this monstrous creature, the rubbery tentacles, just like a... <laughs> what a challenge! This is what I've been wanting. Welcome. This is my ship you're boarding. You will not be here for long. Next is Tibble. Tibble, so you are restrained, so you have no speed at the moment. Um, yeah. Tibble can still make attacks, yeah? Yeah. Would the wheelchair have been grappled with him? I think so, yes. Okay, cool, because I was just going to try and establish as to whether or not he would have his sword with him, which would not be on his belt on the wheelchair, but it would have been on the wheelchair because he doesn't really go anywhere without it. And especially, like, they're going off on a mission, so it's a little bit ceremonial for him. Uh, he will attempt to swing on the Kraken with his Starseer Cutlass. And he calls down to Neris. I'll do my best to get off the deck um, once I'm, well, unhanded. 
And, oh, that's 14 plus 8, which would be a 22 to hit. 22 hits. So I will use one of my superiority dice and I will roll it. So that's an extra damage. Uh, 11 plus 7, so 18 points of damage. Six of that is radiant. See if he manages to hit again. Probably not. That's... 15 to hit. Uh, 15 on the will miss, unfortunately. Yeah, figured that out. But, but yeah, he's, second wind in. He's gonna bonus action second wind. Uh, where did I put my D10? Uh, that's so great, Tibble. Uh, that's nine points. Okay. That's it. He just kind of squawks a little bit when he's up there. I will just say he calls down again to Kara and he's like, Kara, love. I know you're worried, but get below deck. And she's, that's like a, an order. And she goes below deck. We ain't having both of the clovers dying today. At the, at the end of your turn, the Kraken is going to use a legendary action to fling you in a random direction. Can you roll me? <laughs> Stop throwing the captain. <laughs> Can He's you so little. He's so aerodynamic. You, okay. Uh, so the good news is oh. you're not going far before you hit something. <laughs> is he gone? No, he hits Alton. Yes! (laughs) So you're knocked prone. Nice catch, lad. You take six points of bludgeoning damage. Alton, roll me a dexterity saving throw, please. Um, that's a 17. 17 just fails. Uh, so you take five points of bludgeoning damage and are knocked prone. Anyway, guys, we're forgetting That's something. Fun. There was a very well tied knot holding Tibble in place. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <Let> the-, <laughs> the string just like slides off Tibble's body. <laughs> oh, I know what that point. damage was from. It was from the fucking wheelchair. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, next, we are back to the top of the initiative round. What, what is the rest of the crew doing? They're doing yeah. stuff, yeah. but nothing that constitutes a combat action. All right, well. Fishman will see that a few of our crew are currently grappled, so escape, while still an option, probably isn't the most ideal at the moment. So he will actually drop Gust of Wind, and then he'll look over and see that both of those in command are quite occupied, and then he'll bellow out to the rest of the crew, Man the ballista! Whilst we may not be able to defeat it, we can incapacitate it, as he will also at the same time aim up a shot of aiming for its eyes, if it has any. And at the same time, he'll cast Hunter's Mark with a bonus action. And then he will attempt to fire a shot with his crossbow. How does the weather affect it? You said that earlier, Darby. So it simply will be disadvantage on ranged attacks. More than I rolled before. So that is a 21 to hit. That'll hit. So that's going straight for the eye, if you can. And that's an extra 1d6 with Hunter's Mark. Yeah. So that is... That's 15 piercing damage. 15, but this is non-magical, isn't it? So that is halved, unfortunately. That's fine. Magical or not, it's still in his eye. Yeah. But the Hunter's Mark damage is not. Okay, well, there you go. That's 6 then. And then the second attack isn't as good at disadvantage. That is 17. That just misses. So the shot just goes wide. Uh, at the end of your turn, Neris, I please get you to roll me a d8 as the Kraken decides to fling you as well. That is a three. The right to the back of the ship, knocked prone, and you take nine points of bludgeoning damage. Next is Alton, who is prone, but otherwise relatively fine. So Alton has just been 
smacked in the face with Tibble in his wheelchair, yep. pretty much. So he's going to stand up with half his movement and correct Tibble in the wheelchair if he can. Then he's just been trying to get into like the combat medic mindset, just quickly assessing everything that's going on, who needs the most assistance, where he can be to help the most. And he sees uh, Nerissa just been flung, and Ruin Nizen are still grappled by the tentacles. Yeah. So he's going to uh, quickly start wheeling Tibble. All right, so I might get you out of danger if that's okay. So he's, he's loud. I'm not much use at the moment. All right. So I will go to the stairs down at that side and just wheel Tibble more that way if I can. So that's probably the extent of your movement, given that you are moving someone else and have to use half your movement already to get up. And then I will get my pistols out. Is yeah. Nizen or Ruse tentacles closer? Nizen. In that case, he's going to get out his pistols, start fiddling with the settings on them, and take aim, and I'm going to see if I can put a charge of acid damage into this first one. Roll to hit. Remember, it is disadvantage due to the storm and this oh, being a ranged weapon. So that's a okay. 19 to hit. The 19 still hits. 14 piercing damage and 3 acid damage. Okay, it takes the full brunt of this acid damage. I'm going to have it roll. Uh, check. And <laughs> that's in that one, so it reels back in pain, releasing Nizen. In that case, I'll whip around to the one that's holding up Rue, and I'll take the next shot at that one. So that was an 18 to hit at disadvantage? 18 just hits. Ah, oh, so that's just eight points of piercing damage. Finally, for the bonus action, acid seemed to work well, so he's going to put another charge of acid damage in. Uh-oh, that doesn't hit. That's a 12. Yeah, that Never goes wide. Oh. oh boy, you nearly got it. You can still take an action surge if you would like. Yeah, you're all right. Let him go, you fucker. And that will be... There we go, that's a 21 to hit. 21 so suddenly hit. hits. Uh, 10 points of damage. All right. It rolls a natural 20 to keep a hold. But I get one more shot with pain. an action yeah. surge, right? Yes. All right, so I'm going to put some acid damage into this one. No! <laughs> keep wasting charges! That's a 16. Uh, next is Neris. You are not looking too good there, buddy. <laughs> no, we're fine. Everything's great. Um, we're going to stand... He's going to yell out to those on a couple floors below, and hopefully his voice carries over the wind. But the only words that need to be heard are cannons and fire. Roll a range weapon attack. With where the Kraken is, this is point blank, so I'm going to say that cancels out the disadvantage. So just roll me a d20 with plus six. That's good. Uh, That's 23. 23 will suddenly hit, so roll me 8d10. So I got a total of 42. Okay, 42 points of damage. Now that is halved because these are non-magical, but that is a good hefty chunk of damage. No one is still grappled, are they? Rue is. Rue is, yeah. Rue is grappled. And Neris is going to sort of try and squint and take a couple of deep breaths um, as seeing Captain Tibble in his mind's eye get hit with this tentacle and then trying to make that future not happen but it still happens, sort of clouds his judgment a little bit, and all of the potential futures that he can see just slowly fade into mist as he can only see what's in front of him now. And he's going to raise up a hand pointed in the direction of Rue, and Rue, you're going to feel this pressure in the space around you as Neris is going to try and vortex warp you back to the centre of the deck. They've been twisting and turning within the grasp of this tentacle, which might look a bit unnerving because they have no discernible expression. So there's no like rage or sadness or distress. And then you feel this momentary immense magical resistance and then it just shuts off and Rue gets shunted. Rue, as part of this, can you roll me a percentile, please? Oh, okay. 
Uh, 32. 32. Oh. So, Nerith, you cause Rue to disappear from within the Kraken's tentacle grip. But they don't reappear where you anticipate <laughs> them to. In fact, you don't see them at all. Rue, you are in a strange... Do I get shunted into another dark... plane? Roll me a religion check. <laughs> oh, no. Natural 20, apparently. So that's 21. From bits and pieces you have read, this dark, magenta void that's kind of cloudy and you can see various elements of light in the distance and you can just make out what look to be like pebbles floating around slowly small specks of light in the distance and you put two and two together and you realize this is the astral sea that you are just floating in well this is curious okay neris you still have your bonus act Cool. I would like to use my bonus action to panic because I've just killed someone. <laughs> okay. Neris is going to just sort of take a moment, look at what's happened. I think has seen sometimes magic not quite work as intended around Rue, and has always been something that he's wanted to discuss or explore, but has never really gotten around to it. Yeah. Seeing this, he assumes it could be something like that. But then again, we're fighting a Kraken, so yeah. things could just get a little bit weird. So I think Neris is going to shout out something inspirational about keeping fighting. And then he's right at the back of the ship, yes? Yeah. Uh, he's going to just sort of squat down a little bit and just kind of start to breathe a little bit oh. heavier and a little bit quicker than he normally does. Um, and his yeah. eyes are darting around as he's trying above all else to see a future where they get out of this and he can't see anything. Okay. Next it is the Kraken's go. You all see its eyes flash white as it lets out this guttural growl and you hear three flashes of lightning strike down on the ship and I'm going to need Janice... Alton and the Fishman to each make a dexterity saving throw for me, please. 18. So Janice is a 14, but regardless, the lightning still cracks through him, but he does have resistance, so it almost seems to channel through him at the same time. And Fishman? 22. So that is a failure on all three parts. So as you each take 29 points of lightning damage halved for Janice. Uh, So that's the Kraken's go. Next is Rue. So, Rue, you're in astral space. Where am I? Did Neris do this? Or is this a memory? And then just quote there, I guess. The six seconds at the end of your turn, you appear. And he like, looks around, just completely confused, and probably for a moment, the light behind his eyes almost perfectly reflects the vision of the astral sea. Meanwhile, Ham, I know that technically you're meant to instruct a creature, but Ham was also has one primary objective, yeah. which is to eat. So Ham is going to eat <laughs> the okay. closest appendage yeah. of tentacle that it can get to. Oh, that's a um, feast for him. Um, so that's a 19 to hit. 
Uh, 19 will certainly hit. Feast time! I mean, again, Ham is not a magical creature. Oh, are they? Uh, so that's a 12. Right. Ham's taking a big bite. So uh, 12 halves. plus 3, so 15. Halves to okay, 7. Okay, halves to 7, yes. Let's take a big old baby bullet chomp out of this tentacle. Next is Janice's go. Okay, so alternatively, Janice first calls out, Fishman, nice shot! I always knew you had it in you. Crew, as you heard, we're in danger. The seas have other plans for us. Florette, those below deck, prepare for the next fire. And Janice again calls out, Shognesh, the old father and all mother of the ocean, turn your many-eyed gaze towards us. Lend the Polaris your passage. We are but grateful for your challenge and your fury. And he is going to spin around, and with his wave, Radic Wave, he's going to slash. I don't know if that first one's going to hit, unfortunately. That's a 17 to hit, which I believe doesn't hit. unfortunately just misses. That's all right. Um, I'm going to attack again. So that's a 19. A 19 will hit. 15 points of uh, slashing damage. All right. Janice just cackles, but he does cast his gaze momentarily back towards where Tibble's retreated and then over it where Neris is starting to retreat into himself. And his eyes flash and he focuses more intensely on this Kraken. At the end of your turn, the tentacle that you went to attack is going to try to strike back at you. That is a 26 to hit. So that is 21 points of bludgeoning damage. But you are raging, so that is halved to 10. Yes! Uh, But you are grappled. Uh, Come at me, is that all you have? But the barbarian you are, you laugh at it. <laughs> I can take this all day. Next is Tibble. Tibble, from his place in the entranceway of the stairs down, looks up to the Kraken and he's like, I, beastie, you leave this ship and its inhabitants. And he points his Starseer Cutlass at it and he casts Fairy Fire using it. So the Kraken needs to make a dexterity save. It fails! As Tibble is pointing the sword and, like, calling out to the Kraken, it starts to wash over and glow in this vibrant violet light. And even through the heavy rainfall, you're all able to see the tentacles more clear, every aspect of this creature. That essentially means that there's advantage on attacks against the Kraken for the next minute. And as he is wheeling himself down to the lower decks, he calls up to Neris, Captain, give him hell. And he's going to expend one of his superiority dice to rally. And uh, Tibble loves you a lot, Neris. Uh, so that's the full amount of it's an 11 points of health back to you. Sorry, they're 10 hit points. Either way, it's it's health for you. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Have some. Just as a command action, he is going to, as he's rolling himself down, he calls out for the cannon to be fired. Okay. Uh, point blank range plus fairy fire. Like, this isn't Tibble rolling. This is a crew member yeah, rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So roll me a d20 with advantage and add a plus six. 24. 24 suddenly hits. Uh, Wonderful. So that is 8d10 bludgeoning damage. 8d10, 52 points. 52, so that halves to 26, being non-magical. At the end of your turn, it's not going to attack you because you went below deck. But it is going to... I think it's going to use its lightning storm. So, again, it has this... (laughs) Guttural growl as three bolts of lightning come down from the sky. And I'm going to ask this time Janice, Rue, and Alton to roll me dexterity saving throws. I rolled a net 20. I got a 24. I don't know okay, if that's that safe. Is, that is a success. Hey! So you'll only take half damage. Uh, uh, both Janice and Rue fail. 
So that is 20. So Rue will take 20. Janice and Alton will take 10. So Rue almost seems to light up with the electricity of this creature as it just surges through his entire body. They look okay, but there starts to be a couple of cracks that are sort of forming along the seams of their metal plating. Whereas Janice himself just barks another laugh up at the skies. Ha! Refreshing! Is this all you can do? Uh, and we are back at the top of a new round with the Fishman. Excellent. So how far across is the other stairwell, if you were to get in the same spot on the other side? 70 feet away. Rightio. Well, he's going to move 40 instead. I would say it haste, flavor-wise, but mechanically he's just running. So if anything, if he can, he'll probably do a bit of a slide at the end as he's aiming up a shot to the other eye. And just before he takes his shot, he'll yell out to the crew at the ballista to line up a shot for its head. Take your mark and fire. And as he says that, he'll also cast Planar Warrior with a bonus action. After that, he'll take a shot with his crossbow. And fingers crossed, this hit. So, that is an 18 to hit. That just hits its AC. Nice, 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 nice. So, something interesting happens with this damage, as it's now force damage due to Planar Warrior. So, that is, unfortunately... Only four damage from the initial hit, but with planar, that adds an extra 1d8, so that adds an additional one. Oh! (laughs) And then the other one is... Far out. That's two from his Hunter's Mark. Again, he's aiming for the eye, and with the second shot, he'll turn around and shoot at the tentacle holding Janus. Roll to Um, hit. That is 123, I think. That'll suddenly hit. That is... Good shot, Navigator! Six force plus an additional two. Far out, this sucks. All right. <laughs> and then the last one is one. One. <laughs> okay. And as you commanded the crew to fire the ballista, would you like to roll the... I already have. That's a 13 plus six, so 19. So that'll hit. So that is 3d10 mm-hmm. bludgeoning damage that it takes and as the ballista shot hits it. That is 18 damage. All right, that is halved to nine. It's it's still looking pretty fine, but pissed. Mm, uh, that's what we want. So next is Alton. Uh, Alton has just taken two consecutive lightning bolts. It kind of like doubles over with pain for a moment. Then I guess he'd look over to assess Fishman, who's standing right beside him. He's quickly gone on to take some shots, but he's still looking pretty rough. So he's going to get out the healer's kit, start getting out cold compresses, looking him over. Just one moment before you really get into the thick of things. You're not looking too good. And he will do 13 points of healing for Fishman. All right, uh, try to keep out of that thing's grasp. And then for my bonus action, it's not doing too bad, but... I'll use second wind to um, regain some HP. So okay. Flavor-wise, that would just look like he goes and bandages himself yeah. up a little bit as well. And then, yeah, he'll just remain hidden, but continue to survey everyone and see who needs his help. What's what's the best next action to do? Okay. Neris, it is your go. Neris is going to shout downstairs the order to reload. <clears throat> and sort of spurred on by seeing everyone sort of in the face of adversity, like... Fishman and Janice kind of shouting out orders, Alton running around and helping as much as they can, uh, Tibble finally getting to safety. Neris kind of looks at himself, just kind of hunched over at the back of the ship, and is a little bit disappointed at what he sees. Because he might see a quartermaster, he might see an arcanist, but he doesn't see a captain. So he's going to 
look at this creature that's attacking his ship, his family, and Neris is going to stand up, try and puff himself up as much as he can, take a couple of steps, still sort of hugging that left banister as he's really hurting, but he's going to take a couple of steps forward, shout out at this kraken, and attempt to get its attention before trying to cast Hypnotic Pattern in its one good eye. It's a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Neris is going to try and cast Silvery Barbs. Okay, so that gives it disadvantage? Gives it disadvantage, um, and will give Janice advantage on their next roll. So the lower of the two was the initial roll at 28. So it is not distracted. The Neris has nothing left. And it is its go. It is not distracted, but it does have its attention drawn to you. Neris would like to stand up straight up. Now, I'm going to say the nature of the ship's bonuses. I will allow this to count as three quarters cover for you, Neris. So you will have a plus five to your AC. I need to roll a natural one for this to miss. So close. It's a natural two. So you take 18 points of piercing damage from this bite. Next is Ruse go. Rue is still quite stunned, eyes flickering and flashing after they've just been transported to some elsewhere place. Mm. The astral plane, a place that their mentor, Ezzet Song, has only read to them about in this vast library of books on that small, tiny island. And now Rue is out in the world again. And Rue sees all this action flashing around and there's all these people just running around in unison and they are just this silent point still coming to terms with what's just happened and then they turn their heads and how is Nerys looking? Um, I don't care. Um, so very poorly. is going to vault over in that direction. Again, having already been shunted themselves out of this creature's grasp by Nerys and then taken somewhere else. So you can and get to the top of the stairs? Yeah, I can't reach him. No. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to do that and then I'm going to... This isn't as great. Rue is going to go, Mr. Nerys, you should take cover. And this is sort of an energy that Nerys, if he's even noticing this, would feel extremely familiar with as Rue's eyes shunt and it's this horrible green. I will roll in a moment because they are casting magic as well. This energy seems to course around both Nerys and the Kraken. Nerys, this magic feels wrong. It should be harming you, but you don't feel hurt. The Kraken itself will have to do a constitution saving throw, please. It's only a con 13 save, so... uh, Yeah, that succeeds. That's fine. It still takes half damage, so... It'll take five points of necrotic damage. It's almost like Rue turns their head, and that casting of that gaze upon you courses into Mm. this and just, like, burrows itself into this Kraken's tentacle. Neris, however, you feel that energy transfer, not from the Kraken into you, but that negative energy all around you transfers into you. This is Wither and Bloom. So one creature of your choice in that area can spend and roll one of its unspent hit die and retain a number of hit points, equal to the roll plus my spellcasting ability modifier. My modifier is only plus one, but it'll be better than nothing. So there we go. <laughs> and then Thank that you. ends Rue's turn. Ham! Uh, Ham will bite, yeah. unless the Kraken <laughs> um, has anything else to do. Um, I think the Kraken is going to try to hit you with a tentacle there, Rue. Look, that's fair. Yeah, that's 25. I don't know what so I you expected. Are, you are grappled. Uh, so that's 20 points of bludgeoning damage. 
Oh, I suppose whoever's close to that point, only within the, the immediate vicinity, you start to hear the cracking of glass and there's a slight kind of chink as some glass from their eyeglasses pops out and then you can hear the sound of buckling metal as Rue is squeezed by this tentacle and lifted up into the air. Sorry, Ham. Ham, my little sweet boy, <laughs> rolls a natural 17, so plus five. So what Ham is going to do now is Ham is going to vault forward and then a thing that a fully grown bullet, one that hasn't been brought up on a small tiny island eating a lot less than a regular bullet eats, is known very well for, and we're going to do a standing leap, which is going to form into a deadly leap. So if a bullet jumps at least 15 feet as part of its movement, which I can because Ham can run 40 feet per round, it can then use this action to land on its feet in a space that contains one or more other creatures. So again, this is a strength or dexterity saving throw, it's your choice, so it most likely make it. Is Ham bounding onto the Kraken here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so that is only an 18. Uh, yeah, it's a DC 13, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. That's all right. So it'll be half damage. It takes four points of bludgeoning damage, 15 points of slashing damage, half to whatever. Uh, it's also pushed five feet out of the bullet space into an unoccupied space. So a little bit further away, because fuck you. <laughs> For that to work, I'm going to need hand to just roll me a dexterity saving throw to make sure he lands back on the ship. I'm going to take a picture of this and I might actually stop using these dice because that was a natural 20. <laughs> and he just taps his stumpy little legs on the ground and <laughs> does a little bullet roar and probably licks his <laughs> non-existent lip. The Kraken is going to fling Rue. That's um, fair. Can you roll me a d8 to determine the direction? The direction is seven. All right. So you are flung 10 feet into the mass and fall down onto the ground. You take four points of bludgeoning damage. It's almost like a spoiled child throws a doll. The lights are still flickering behind their mask, but again, no expression to be seen. So, Janice. Janice is still trying to get out of this creature's grip. He's trying desperately to keep track of everything that's going on on board the ship. It's becoming harder and harder because I imagine this creature is thrashing about and he's oh, okay. trying to, oh, to balance note. this movement. Yeah. yeah, something of note. It is looking shaky. Excellent. Good to know. He would normally be calling out to the crew at this point. He doesn't look worried to anyone focusing on him, but he can't see what everyone's doing at this point because he's just trying to stay focused on this creature and get out of this. But still, regardless, he calls out... <laughs> Foul beast, your battle is a worthy one, but I fought crabs larger than you. And he is going to swing down with the wave rider glaive and attack, uh, trying to like basically sever himself from the tentacle. So I believe my first action has advantage, so it will cancel out to just yes. not disadvantage. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. So it's a natural 17 plus 8, so that will hit. Yeah. So D10. It's a 10 again. You are yeah. on fire tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just really like, I don't know what's going on here. So again, 15 points of slashing damage from the wave rider glaive yeah. as Janice tries to ride this wave and just slash down, try to sever it from himself. And um, I get two attacks per action, so I'll try again. So that's that 22. Um, I'll roll a different D10. Let's go. Oh, that's all right. That's a three. Um, so seven points of slashing damage on the second one as he's sort of like jostled back and those like spectral wings that sometimes manifest sort of like flutter out a bit because he's trying to correct his balance. He's going to go, I'll advise you to leave us well alone. I have my own eyes watching me and they are far greater. And he raises the other arm that he is not holding them with the glaive with to the sky and lightning cracks in this 
enormous boom across the sky as there's a shudder in the water and as a bonus action I summon my tentacle of the deep so this long writhing tentacle rises up out of the water and it is covered in pulsing red eyes and teeth and shapes and there is this crackling kind of energy but it then crashed down upon one of the krakens tentacle versus tentacle it's a 19 to hit so 10 points of cold damage crack through this kraken quick everyone fight it off we must protect the polaris next is tibble so remind me did the cannons get reloaded one cannon has been reloaded tibble himself is going to wheel over and shoot that cannon and as he does sia who had come up he shoves her away gently and he's like sia do something helpful would you in a way that is very different from how he would usually speak to any of the crew. And she kind of reels back a little surprised. Um, and any of the crew down there would see it wash over her like a wave. So you, because of your condition, are at disadvantage on the attack because you're firing yourself. Yep. Advantage cancels out. A flat roll. So D20 plus six. Dirty okay. 20. 8D10, yeah? Yes. Yep, cool. 61 points of damage. Nice. So that halves to 30 as non-magical damage. Okay, so with Rally, it says a friendly creature who can see or hear you. Tibble is, as his bonus action, going to Rally. Neris once again. Captain, you're doing great! We've nearly got it! And that is seven temporary hit points that you get. Now, see uh, yeah. who got commanded. Sia has this funny little thing where she can telepathically connect and communicate with creatures of her choice. And as long as she expends her action, they can communicate back with her. So she reaches out with her mind, closes her eyes and sort of feels at the edges of this chaotic and strange consciousness. Hello there, little one. Why us? How can I help? She calls out to the Kraken. The Kraken can communicate back. Let me think on this, because it's not going to react until it's turn. Uh, Fisherman's going to take another two shots, so he's going to move a bit more into the stairwell. He should be able to make that distance now. With He can command those of the uh, cannons at the moment from where he is. Yeah. He'll command those to reload if he can. And then he will take two shots. Cool. So that's so 17 plus 6. Then that is 6 from the Hunter's Mark and an additional 4 from Planar Warrior. Then I think it was 1d10 and then an additional 6. All so right. 13 force damage for that one. All and right. then he'll take another shot. And again, these are all going into the eye. Mm-hmm. This one's a 16 plus 6, so 22 to hit. <laughs> 8 force damage total. Next is Alton. Nizen's bow skidded over to Alton's feet when he was grabbed by the tentacle and Alton just notices it and just kind of like kicks it back to him. Well, are you going to shoot at that thing or are you just going to wait for it to grab you again? So I take it that's your command action at Nizen. So roll me a d20. I got a natural 20. So roll me a d4. So it'll be a d4 plus 7 for his crit. A 2 plus 7. 9. Halve to 4 because it's not magical. Still something. And for your turn proper. So then Alton will spin around to face this great big thing, and he's just going to get his two pistols together, fiddle around with some mechanics on it, aim, and fire out something that will look similar to a guiding bolt. All right. Roll to hit. Alrighty, that's a 25 to hit. (laughs) That's 15 points of radiant damage. Then for bonus action, I'm just going to do a regular shot with the pistol. That is mm, 17 to hit. That just misses, unfortunately. Next is Neris. Neris is still 
not feeling the best, shake himself off, call down again with a slight crack in his voice for a reload, then we're just going to try it again. Neris is going to try and lock eyes with this Kraken, takes an involuntary step back, and is going to try and create that flash of colour again in front of him, and we're going to do Silvery Barbs. So what was it, Wisdom? It's a Wisdom saving throw, and Silvery Barbs on... Disadvantage. Disadvantage is a total of 16. It's a DC 17. Oh... They are charmed for the duration of a minute. They are incapacitated, have a speed of zero. And when do they get to save again? At the end of their turn? They don't. They don't? It's concentration. Spell ends for an affected creature if it takes any damage or if someone uses an action to shake the creature out of its stupor. Canaris just... I know he's used his command action, but Canaris just call out Uh, to hold fire. So, it's go. The Kraken has a feature, freedom of movement. Ignores difficult terrain and magical effects can't reduce its speed or cause it to be restrained. So the Kraken is going to dive underwater. Rue, anything on your turn? So the Kraken just like submerges completely, like retracts it tentacles across the entire ship. Jeez, okay. Because Rue got thrown against the mast. As the rain continues to pour down, it's just sparking slightly out of like the different sorts of joints. And they judder a lot, but they will slowly sort of get up and just look around. Eyes flickering, a lot more dim. And they look over at him. Be on your guard, you may still get your meal. Probably they look like they start to move towards the rest of the crew who are still in a flurry of movement, but their joints continue to judder and sort of spark a bit and they just freeze and then just like slump and don't move any further. Sia will hear a return voice in her head. Hunger churning ancient and the ocean around the Polaris goes an inky black in a 60-foot radius. Janice is going to then turn very sharply and using both his wings and his feet. I'm assuming Janice can get to Nero's. If he dashes, yes. He will dash then anyway. Um, okay. He's very fast. And it looks like, again, when he first returned on the ship and he offered heal that point below Nerez's ribs and he accepted, but instead that energy is just that presence and he instead reaches his hand out and just um, pats him on the shoulder and will stand next to him. Tibble. As the kraken and the tentacles have withdrawn and he can see that through the porthole, Tibble is going to check and see if there's any wounded down there, which I doubt there would be. Has anyone sort of squirreled away down deck? Okay. So Tibble calls up to Nerison. Still holding fire, Captain? He doesn't have to respond, but if he wants to, <laughs> he can. I don't think he will. And he, Tibble, at the lack of response... A look of worry passes over his face and then he sort of thinks on seeing Rue be thrashed about by one of the tentacles and he's like, Rue, how are you holding out up there? So very comically, Rue says nothing. (laughs) Yeah. That is a uh, rally, which five temporary hit points. Apologies, it's not much. It's Um, it's good for me. But it's something. He exchanges a worried look with Yasia. We all know Yanni. 
We all hunger. Fishman. Fishman is going to be as perceptive as he can. This beast currently has fairy fire. He's currently got hunter's mark on it, which gives him advantage on tracking it. There is ink in the water. However, the way I'd imagine it is that's advantage versus disadvantage. So he's essentially going to be waiting for this creature to come up, and he's going to prepare a third level spell, a wall of water, with the sole intention of if that creature does come up to ram the ship, he would like to use that to stabilize the ship. So if it comes up on the left, he's going to cast it on the right of the vessel. If it comes up from below it, he's going to also cast it as below the vessel as he can to kind of give us some unanimous momentum to take a less of an impact. And on top of that, he will tell everyone to brace. Um, Alton seizes this reprieve, reprieve from the attack to check to see who's the most wounded. And his gaze immediately falls to Rue. So he's going to head over to Rue, if he can, and kind of skid over, already like getting his healing kit out, all the supplies, and then just kind of notice all the mechanical parts of Rue. Just notice that the, the metal is crumpled, there's sparking going on. This is not anything he really knows how to heal. Oh, shit. How are you holding up there? I do not have the right tools for this. Never did take that, take that time to study Rue's body, did you? <laughs> I know. You let your prejudice get it. Exactly. I was just like, shit, feud. I could have been better at my job if I wasn't bitter at the new recruit. I have been better. There are many injured here. Yeah, it's less of injured, but if you're about to go unconscious... Sees working well, you won't be able to help anyone, will you? You don't know how effective it would be, but you think you can use your skill with Tinker's tools to maybe not repair, but at least like bend back into shape and patch up some of the broken elements of the plating, which you think will do something. It's probably also the closest you've been to Rue since you brought them in once for that medical check uh, when they first joined to the crew. So it's just like there's that, I don't know how Alton feels magic, but it's just this presence. Incredibly strong. It's definitely uncomfortable, but now isn't the time. No, it's something I really should have studied a bit more how you work to heal you. Well, here goes. Let me know if anything hurts or I'm doing it wrong. Roll what you would otherwise roll for your healer's kit. So it'd be six and then plus Rue's level. So six plus seven. Yeah. 13 points of healing. 13. Okay. You do get that full 13. Now, Alton, as you are doing this work, you find yourself exposed to the raw magic that makes up the internal essence of Rue. And there's a growing feeling of a familiar anxiety that harkens back to what you would associate with Aras. To the point where, as you're finishing up, you can almost swear you see faint, radiant spiders crawling up your arm for just a moment before you finish working. Alison becomes more agitated as he works. It kind of just like looks down at his arms um, at something that Rue can't see before eventually he'll just fling his tools to the ground. What the are you doing? Is this your magic going up again? What? Is it not working? No. You're not connected to her, are you? To who? He cocks his head to one side sharply. No, any great dangerous or powerful beings? Not to my knowledge. 
Neris will stand and no longer use the banister of support as he tries to walk with purpose and stumbles a little bit but he walks directly to the helm where tim is i'm assuming just kind of standing there looking around like i don't know what to do here Mm. this is this is out of my jurisdiction and is just gonna say go get us out of here and we'll command him to captain the vessel basically do we get Uh, out of the clouds okay it's not like it's following you perfect and in fact sia down below is able to feel on the kraken's go the connection that she has wear thin and eventually break as it is no longer within her range. She might wild shape into a white dove, fly up to Neris, and then wild shape out. So, Neris, you would see one of Sia's doves, for all you can assume, come towards you, and then right in front of you, change shape into Sia as she lands in front of you. Captain, the little creature has left. We will still be on our guard. Do what you can here. Of People course. are injured. And she would turn and start healing. Whoever needs healing. I'm assuming there's a lot of people. Janice immediately again starts calling out orders, some with words, some with sound. And the lightning and thunder begins to subside, but he continues to look around with gleaming eyes as he watches all this go on. Good work, crew. Continue. Assist as much as we can. We need to be as loud and fast as possible. Anything else, Captain? Neris looks like he's about to say something, but instead kind of shakes himself off. The crew needs you. Of course. And he turns around and jumps off and down onto the main deck below, uh, using his like wings to sort of slow down that jump so he doesn't shatter his ankles. <laughs> he's a very big, muscular man. He probably would be able to take it anyway. But anyway, yes. And then immediately starts barking out commands. Neris is going to look over at Tim. Continues this heading. We will find out where we are when we get some distance between us and that creature and Daris will walk back to the rear of the ship and just kind of like lean out on the banister with the intent of seeming like he is looking out onto the horizon behind him to see if there's another attack coming which he does to begin with and then will just kind of use the banister to support his weight and is just trying as hard as he can not to collapse I think with Care's assistance, Tibble makes his way back up to the deck to kind of assess how everyone's doing. And he would go over to Neris. He um, just kind of looks up to you and zero casualties versus a Kraken. My boy, you're a wonder. <clears throat> the crew performed admirably. Under your command, I, they did. It was not under my command, so they performed well. Lad, that was a fucking... Sorry, that was a freaking kraken. All of them are alive. Yourself and myself included, and I am not in fighting spirits. Take the win, or at least try to. He pats Neris's knee and then wheels away, giving him his moment. He'll look out at the retreating Tibble and will look out to the deck at Janus barking orders and the crew following them up to the crow's nest at Fishman giving direction as well just kind of nod to himself and then just go back to watching the rear of the ship we sail like hell <laughs> yeah and on that note I think that's as good a place as any to leave the crew for this week 
I'm sure nothing else bad will happen. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. We've hit the next save point. Yeah, it's, time to it. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's great. Um, see you next week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. We survived we a crack, and please let us know what you thought. Again, Twitter, Facebook, uh, wherever you like to find us, we will be there. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll just say that Alton rolled like a four nature check. He saw this and he just called it up. Oh, hey, everyone, there's a big fucker under there. <laughs> and Fish Red's like, big fucker indeed. <laughs> the biggest <Yeah>. fucker. <laughs> oh my god.